0: Canine Cast number 65 is brought to you by Home Again Pet Recovery Service and ID Microchips on the web at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara.
0: And hello everyone, this is Walter with your Canine Cast recap in case you missed the last Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 64. We did an introduction to dog agility, plus we had a story about a USB dog tag for your dog, and of course we had listener pictures.
1: On this canine cast, we're going to start off with another dog sport that is growing in popularity. And that's called Flyball. We're going to do a little introduction into that for those of you who may not be familiar with it or for those of you who have heard of it and are wanting to kind of get started. We also got an email from a listener with uh, the doggy Dictionary, which, was, which is really cute and kind of amusing. So we're going to read that on the air as well. And also, Walter heard a very interesting interview that we wanted to share with you. Um, so we'll and we'll have we'll have a link to that so you can listen to it yourselves because uh, we figured you know more more audio about dogs what could be better so to start off tonight we're going to talk a little bit about flyball now flyball is something that I haven't had the the chance to actually do with my dogs as of yet I'm sure at some point down the road I'll probably get involved and give this a try as well but um, I w- went ahead and compiled. Some information for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with it or for people who may be interested in getting started in it to kind of to kind of um, give you an idea of what this is all about. so for those of you who may not be familiar with flyball, essentially what it is is there are a team of four dogs and handlers and it's basically like a relay race. The dogs go one at a time down a, down a course. At the other side, they grab a tennis ball and then they go back to the start line and once the once one dog gets back there, then the next one can go. so that's that's at its barest and most essential. It's a very fast paced sport, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, kind of another one of these ones that's very exciting gets the dogs very very hyped up and barking and excited to play um, to uh, to give you a little bit more detail about it. As the dogs are going down the course, the course is actually 51 feet long, and there are four jumps that they have to go over, or, or they call them hurdles, that they have to go over on their way to get the, the ball. Now, the ball is normally a tennis ball, and at the very end of the course is what's called a, is what's called a box or called a fly ball box, And what that does is, it's this, well, kind of like it sounds, it's a box, but it's a specialized one that has a foot area for the dog to kind of, you know, run up to, and it uses the foot area, first of all, by pushing on the foot area, that's how they get the tennis ball, the the foot area actually launch, or by pressing on the foot area, the box actually launches a tennis ball, which the dog then grabs. And at the same time, the dog is using this box to actually turn around to go back in the opposite direction, go back on the course that it just came from, go over the four jumps again, and go back to the start line. Um, it sounds like a lot of stuff is happening here, but these dogs can, can do this in anywhere from, you know, say, say as, as quickly as four seconds or less for the ones that, are, that hold records. Um, the The current record is under sixteen seconds for all four dogs, so that's pretty amazing um, but but nor- more normal times go from you know twenty to thirty seconds. so you're still talking about a dog doing all of this in about five to seven seconds, which is pretty pretty amazing now I had mentioned the jumps that are on the course. One interesting thing about flyball um there are, there are four dogs on a team. And of course, each of these dogs has to be able to go over these jumps or hurdles. So the way that they decide how high the jump is going to be, because the jump can be at different heights, is by the shortest dog on the team. And minimum jump height is eight inches. So what what you'll see a lot of the time is there there will be a team of you know dogs of all different heights, but. They try to get one dog on the team that's quite a bit shorter than the others, and that one is can be h- called the height dog. But essentially, that's that's the dog that's used to determine the height of the of the jumps. One of the great things about this sport is that any dog can compete. Um, dogs of all different breeds compete compete in all different mixes. So it's it's really interesting to see all of them out there and all hyped up and and ready to go and excited to do their runs. Now for anybody who may be interested in getting started in flyball, some information for you. There's two ways to go about getting started. One is is you can go take a flyball class. There are a lot of of, uh, dog training centers have those. A lot of flyball clubs have those. You can take a class which will kind of teach you the basics so you can work with your dog and get them into flyball. Another way of doing it in some cases is you can actually join a fly ball club or a fly ball team and then kind of pick it up as you go. Now, since a lot of this has to do and is is based around the dog running to uh, the other side of the room, grabbing a tennis ball and running back with it, it would seem that dogs that love to play fetch would be the ones who do well in fly ball. And, you know, and sometimes that is, that is the case. It's definitely, if you have a dog that's already absolutely crazy about tennis balls, then you don't have to teach them to retrieve this tennis ball. But, if you have a dog that's not terribly interested in fetch or you know, or doesn't play fetch, you can still actually teach them to play fetch as part of teaching them the entire game. And a lot of those dogs go on to do really well in flyball. So either way, you can t- still take your dog and get them involved in flyball. Almost any dog can do well in this sport. The only thing that you want to look for that would probably mean that, that this would not be the sport for your dog is if you have a dog with aggression issues, um, whether those are dog or people issues, that can be problematic because on the course, the dogs, as they're doing their relay, are running past one another. It's a, it's a very, very hyped up state where some you know dogs that normally wouldn't be aggressive may even get a little bit agitated and in addition to the dogs being there running past one another there are also a lot of people around because you know the handlers will be right there with their dogs one getting their dog is another one is releasing their dog to continue the relay race so if if your dog tends to get aggressive in those types of circumstances then you know it may it may not be the sport for you it's it's very important that there's no aggression because there's there's just too much going on at one time and what and the rules actually do state that if a dog has an, an aggressive incident that uh, that they'll write it up and um, after a certain number of write-ups then the dog's not allowed to play anymore but if you have a dog you know that's friendly and just you know loves loves to go out and wants a job to do and you know especially if it's a high energy dog that loves to run around anyway then this can be a really good sport to get them involved in Dogs are not allowed to compete in flyball until they're at least one year old. Um, this This is similar to an agility rule and the reason why being that the jump the going over the jumps and the using using the box, which they they almost kind of jump on the box when they when they do their turns on it, can be really really hard on the the joints and the legs of a growing dog. So, they want the dog to be old enough that it's not going to hurt them before they get them started. For this reason, in some places, flyball classes will, will require that your dog be a year old or older before you start training. Um, in other places, they have they have classes that are kind of a um, uh, an intro introduction to the skills that would be used in flyball, even though the dogs just won't be doing the jumps or the or the turns. But some things that you can do with your dog right away, even from the time that they are, you know, very, very small to get them started are things like basic obedience so that they know to listen to you when they're, you know, even when they're very excited and, and raring to go, it's important to still be able to have control over your dog. Um, a recall is very, very important. The recall being that your dog comes to you when called because... Um, you know, they they say that that's one of the most important things in fly ball because, I mean, if if your dog wants to go get the ball to play the game, then they'll run down to the box and grab that ball with no problem. But getting them to then come back to you with it is, you know, is just as important and sometimes can be a little bit tougher. So if your dog has a really good recall and will come to you whenever called, then that helps a lot right there. Um, in addition, you know, you can start kind of, you know, teaching your dog the retrieve um, essentially, you know how to play fetch with you. And there, there are a number of different ways to train so that you kind of prep your dog for doing the turns, um, you know just playing normal fetch and, and all, all kinds of things that you can do if you really, really get into it. Um, but these are just kind of you know the essentials. So to get you to get you started, there are a couple of websites out there that, um, that are pretty good and they'll give you some basic information to get you going. One of them is the North American Flyball Association website. Um, on there, you can look to try and find a team to join if you're interested in doing that. Now, keep in mind, with flyball, it is probably the only dog sport where you can only do it in a team. Most most other dog sports, um, you know, there may be team components to it, but you also have the option to do it individually. But with flyball, it's, it's very, very much a team sport, and... Um, there aren't really flyball matches where just one dog runs at a time, so find, you know finding a team can be pretty important if you get to the point where you want to compete in flyball. So you can find that on the on the North American Flyball Association website, as well as get the basic rules and a much more detailed overview of what happens in flyball and and um you know what it's all about there. Then in addition, there's an, there's another one. Um, actually, the the national uh, sorry, the North American Flyball Association. That's at flyball.org. There's also another website at flyballdogs.com, and that one that one is just chock full of all kinds of information, um, including training tips and and kind of how to get started there and different things that you can do. And that's where that's where you can actually find some training tips. Um, you know, before you're ever even necessarily you know p- doing part of a team or taking a class or whatever. That you know you can you can get from the, you know the very basic there are parts on there that will teach you how to teach your dog to retrieve down to you know very very specific little you know technique things to help your dog speed up later on and make training later on um, easier and that kind of thing but but um, it's it's really really neat um, a great way to kind of figure out if you want to get started in flyball is to find a flyball competition that's going on and go watch one of those those are kind of fun and you can you can look around on those websites to find that information as well. So um, now, as I, as I said, I haven't done flyball myself, so I can't really share my own experiences on it. But um, but I believe there are a few listeners who have already said that they've done flyball or are currently doing flyball with their dogs. So if any of our listeners would like to you know write in or send a voicemail, sharing their experiences with flyball, then I would love to share those with the listeners and hear the things that you have to say about it. Um, you know, maybe, you, you know, your favorite parts or the challenging parts or, you know, or any, anything else that you would like to share about it as, it, um, you know, apparently it's, it's a very addicting dog sport and a very fun one to get into. So thanks Jessica for writing and asking us about that. And then, Next up, um, we were going to tell you about this interview that Walter heard on the radio today.
0: Yeah, actually, it was kind of funny because I heard the interview when I was getting into the car. I had started the car to warm it up and um, started uh, putting down some of the seats. And the radio came on and they were talking about pit bulls. And I was like, okay, wait a second. What is going on? And, and it was actually an interview with an uh, author of a book that's recently come out named Ken Foster. And uh he was basically talking about his book and some of the stories that were in it and, and he shares some of the vignettes about dogs that he's rescued and the name of the book is The Dogs Who Found Me, What I've Learned From Pets Who Were Left Behind. And of course that's right up Canine Cass Alley and I imagine it's right up y'all's alley. So um I'm going to we're gonna put a link to the interview in the show notes and in the enhanced podcast and I think you guys um, would really, really appreciate the interview and what Ken has to say. And uh, I know that Tara thought it was pretty cool. I gave her a call um, as soon as I started hearing him talk about pit bulls, I said, Tara, you need to turn on the radio <laughs> and listen to the interview. And, and of course, we uh, were midway through it and were pleasantly surprised to see that it was very easily uh, accessible online. So be sure to go ahead and check that out. I know you guys will like it.
1: Yeah, it is it is a really neat interview. And I don't I don't know how much of the information in the interview may be in the book or, you know, vice versa. But um the the interview they they just covered so many topics that we found that we found to be really neat. Um one uh one of the parts that I thought was most interesting is that this um you know this guy, Mr. Foster, had actually moved to New Orleans not very long before um the hurricane Katrina came through there and he talked about how he may not have even evacuated if it hadn't been for his dogs um because he was he was basically hanging out with some friends and they were talking about it and you know as as people who live in hurricane prone areas you know do you know tend to do after a certain number of scares and walter and i know this we've been through it ourselves so you get kind of you know jaded to it and after so many, you know, close calls that then completely missed your area, you start to think, well, you know, it's not, you know, this is just another one where they're telling me to leave and I left for the last four and nothing happened. So um, so, he, so, he and his friends were just kind of sitting around and, you know, talking about whether or not they were going to leave. Um, so, he, so he says that, you know, he looked at the flooding map and the flooding wasn't going to be bad where it was, but, you know, but then he thought about it and he said, well, you know, me being here is one thing, but... I can't have my dogs in this type of a situation. This just isn't going to work. So, you know, he figured he was just going to, you know, be gone for a day, and you know, it was going to be a, um, you know, just just a close call, but nothing happening. So he he loaded his dogs and some food in the car and took a change of clothes and took off, um, which of course ended up being very lucky. So it's kind of neat how having his dogs, um, you know, made a you know made him decide on a course of action that probably totally changed a lot of you know a lot of outcomes at least for that you know portion of his life and he talks about how you know having the dogs has done that and has affected his life in major major ways um you know in in other situations as well and even credits them with uh, with saving his life
0: as i was about to say that's not the only time that the dogs have saved him so definitely worth checking a look or listen to this interview and again the link to it will be in the show notes and in the enhanced podcast and you need a uh, real audio or windows media player to listen to the interview
1: yeah but uh but check it out we thought we thought it was it was really really neat always always here or coo- always cool to hear different people's takes on their dogs so Next, we have the doggy dictionary. Um, this is sent in by Shayna, and this is just this this is just uh, you know some cute dog humor that we thought that you guys would get a kick out of. Now, I've I've actually um, I, I've seen it online, and I went and looked um, looked it up online since Shayna sent it to me because I was trying to find out who the author was. Um, but uh, I you know I, I found it in a number of places online, but I haven't seen an author credited so if I, if I knew who it was and i would love to credit them but um unfortunately i don't have that information so um but um in in any case it's like i said it's it's very amusing so here's the doggy dictionary dog bed any soft clean surface such as the white bedspread in the guest room or the newly upholstered couch in the living room drool is what you do when your mom and dad have the food and you don't to do this properly You must sit as close as you can and look sad and let the drool fall to the floor, or better yet, on their laps. Mm -hmm. Sniff. A social custom to use when you greet other dogs. Place your nose as close as you can to the other dog's rear end and inhale deeply. Repeat several times or until your person makes you stop. Garbage can. A container where mom and dad put food they don't want to test your ingenuity. You must stand on your hind legs and try to push the lid off with your nose. If you do it right, you are rewarded with margarine wrappers to shred, beef bones to consume, and moldy crusts of bread. Mmm. Bicycles. Two-wheeled exercise machines, invented for dogs to control body fat. To get maximum aerobic benefit, you must hide behind a bush and dash out, bark loudly, and run alongside for a few yards. The person then swerves and falls into the bushes, and you prance away. Deafness. This is an affliction which affects dogs when their mom or dad want them in and they want to stay out. Symptoms include staring blankly at the person, then running in the opposite direction, or lying down. Thunder. This is a signal that the world is coming to an end. Mom and dad remain amazingly calm during thunderstorms, so it is necessary to warn them of the danger by trembling uncontrollably, panting, rolling your eyes wildly, and following their every move. Waste Basket This is a dog toy filled with paper, envelopes, and old candy wrappers. When you get bored, turn over the basket and strew the papers all over the house until your mom and dad come home. Sofas Are to dogs like napkins are to people. After eating, it is polite to run up and down the front of the sofa and wipe your whiskers clean. Bath This is a process by which mom and dad drench the floor, the walls, and themselves. You can help by shaking vigorously and frequently. Lean. Every good dog's response to the command sit, especially if your mom and dad are dressed for an evening out. Incredibly effective before black tie events. Bump. The best way to get your mom and dad's attention when they are drinking a fresh cup of coffee or tea. Goose bump. A maneuver to use as a last resort when the regular bump doesn't get the attention you require. Especially effective when combined with the sniff. And last but not least, Love is a feeling of intense affection, given freely and without restriction. The best way you can show your love is to wag your tail. If you're lucky, a human will love you in return. Thanks, Shana, for sending that in.
0: Oh, thank you. Those are awesome.
1: Yeah, they really are. I had a hard time reading it because I kept I kept having to stifle giggles as I'm reading it.
0: I had to get away from the microphone <laughs> so it wasn't just a podcast of me laughing.
1: But, uh, but I, especially like the last one, that one just kind of makes us smile and, and take a little moment for um to just hug our dogs who are in here with us as always while we're podcasting um so now we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor as a bloodhound i have a pretty good sense of smell right now i can smell a seven ounce filet with hollandaise sauce about four miles from here mm, i love filet i think i'll go see if they have any left over
0: you don't think your dog will run away your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost without ID. Ninety percent won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again microchip—a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit HomeAgainPets.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Home Again. And now it's time for listener pictures. These pictures were sent in by Mark, who says that he and his dog Martini, who's in these pictures, did well a few weekends ago in four akc novice agility trials he says he did two standard trials and two jumpers with weaves uh what's the difference well
1: the the, well the difference is that jumpers with weaves is is pretty much what it sounds like it it just has to do with the types of obstacles that are used in each course there's there's um, more different types of obstacles in a standard course than in the jumpers with weaves
0: and he says that they won 8 ribbons and you can see in this picture there's Martini with the 8 ribbons and he also included a picture of Martini in action and i like this one because it kind of looks like Martini is just flying through the air you don't really it, she's at the very top of the jump and it doesn't look like she's going up or down she's just kind of going straight over it And uh, obviously she did well, getting eight ribbons, two in each trial. So that is just really, really great. Thanks for sending those in, Mark.
1: And we're also happy to hear that you guys did so well in that trial, too.
0: And you can see these pictures in the Listener's Picture Gallery, online at caninecast.com, or in the Enhanced Podcast on Color iPods and in iTunes.
1: Thanks, Walter. And so now we've reached the end of our show for tonight, so we're looking forward to you know to doing the next one, putting that together, and we hope to hear from more people who have been doing agility and fly ball and also any other dog sports that you're um, you know that you're doing and are interested in. We'd love to cover those as well. So we look forward to hearing from you either on email or on voicemail. So the information for that will be available for you at the end of the show. And now we've arrived. So until next time. If you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend.
0: If you have a question for Tara or a
1: comment about Cast,
0: please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail at 206-338-DOGS. And you can leave a comment on our website at caninecast.com.